good morning, friends. We're glad you are with us today. Uh, my name is Matthew. If I haven't had a chance to meet you personally, we'd love to do that right after our service. Uh, today, I want to bring a sermon entitled The Friend Zones. The Friend Zones. So this is what I want you to do. If you're in the room, I want you to find somebody that you don't know and just kind of give them that awkward wave. Act like you know them in the room kind of wave. If you're watching online, why don't you tag a couple people, send the link to a couple people and have them join you. This morning, Genesis chapter 1, verse 26, we've kind of been looking at this original story and scripture of humanity and life and how God created things and moves about in our lives. And so Genesis chapter 1, I want to read you this verse. It's kind of like our thesis verse, if you will, for this morning. Genesis 1, 26 says this, then God said, let us, somebody say us, let us make mankind in our, somebody say our in our image, and in our likeness, so that they may rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky, over the livestock and all the wild animals, and over all the creatures that move along the ground. Our image. God is a relational God. Uh, this verse is used along with several others throughout the context of Scripture to help us understand that God is three in one. It's God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Three distinctions, but all operating in perfect unity. They are in perfect community. They have a common unity about them. God is a relational God. Community always begins within God himself. All through scripture, we have this family verbiage that God uses. Ah, we are members of the body, or, or you belong to the family of God, and we've got God the Father, God the Son, and he brings us in as sons and daughters. And the last two weeks in this collection, I've brought messages about the importance of men becoming sons of God and women becoming daughters of God and what that looks like and how we do that fully alive in him. Jesus himself was relational while he was on the earth. He, there, at one point in time, there were over 5,000 people in a crowd that were listening to him. There were 70 that he trusted enough to send out two by two to do ministry. There were 12 that uh, he invited into his home to eat. There were three that had his cell phone number that could call him. And there was one person that he gave the code to the alarm in his house. Through. Like, like there were all these different types of relationships that Jesus himself had and different values and access that each of these relationships had to Jesus and themselves. In the Old Testament, God gave us top 10 rules for healthy relationships. You might know them as the Ten Commandments. And well beyond them needing to be written in some schoolhouse or a courthouse, they're actually meant to be written on our hearts so that we live in healthy relationships one with another. See, some of the, the Ten Commandments are about how you relate to God in a healthy way. And all of the others relate to how you relate to other people in a healthy way. They're not so much commands that we have to follow, and if we don't, we die. It's that if we will do these, we will love God and love others with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength because God is a relational God. And relationships are impacted the most by the condition of our heart. Relationships impact our heart, and our heart impacts our relationships. I think this is why uh, Proverbs 4 Verse 23 says, above all else, guard your heart. Uh, above all, you need to guard your heart. 
this last week, uh, Pastor Clayton and I had an opportunity to be in Denver or uh, Colorado Springs, more specifically in Colorado, attending a, a, a senior leader's uh, kind of learning lab. And uh, in one of our afternoons where we had free, we were with some, uh, some friends there in Colorado, and they were taking us around this one place where one of them worked. And um, it was a beautiful um, area, beautiful space. And of course, the landscape in Colorado is just absolutely amazing. And uh, there was one particular place that we were at. It was like this prayer rose garden. And in this rose garden, there were roses of so many different varieties and types. I, I lost count as to how many. They, they told us, but I don't remember how many. There was like so many different kinds of roses. They were in bloom and it was beautiful. But I noticed around this rose garden, they had this uh, tall fence all around this rose garden. Now, typically when I think about gardens, I think of open spaces where you can kind of walk and peruse and look. But this particular one was guarded. It had gates all around it. And they did that, they said, because the, the wildlife in Colorado, if you didn't do that, would come and eat all of the blooms. They would just destroy and eat. They weren't trying to be malicious. They were just trying to survive. They needed food. That looked like a great opportunity. And so they would go and eat the blooms. And so in order to protect what was flourishing, they had to put a guard and a gate around what, what it was so that it mattered. Listen, your heart was meant to flourish and be healthy and grow. But if you don't build the right kind of gates around your heart, if you don't guard your heart with all diligence, something's going to come and eat away at the life that God has begun to create within you. I think this is why boundaries are so important in our relationships. It's why boundaries help in your life. Boundaries aren't about punishing other people for the bad that they've done. Boundaries in your life and relationships actually are about protecting you and helping you flourish and thrive. Boundaries help you to assign people to the proper place in your life, to the proper relationship in your life. Boundaries define what is your responsibility and what is someone else's responsibility. Boundaries help to, to determine what is someone else's thing that they've got to take care of and what is your responsibility for you to take care of. Boundaries help us set realistic expectations within our relationships. I'll say it again. Boundaries help you to set realistic expectations for your relationships. Helps you have a proper understanding of what is necessary. Relationships matter. And in this collection that we've called Uncovered, we've been looking and exploring the heart of humanity uncovering what is most important to our heart, what impacts our heart the most. How do we become fully alive in who God has created us to be so that we can have healthy relationships? Why is that important? Here's why. Because relationships can propel you towards your purpose if you can align and assign the friends in the right zone. Relationships. The friend zones. that. Uh, I read a book recently entitled uh, Relational Intelligence. Uh, actually, that's not true. I didn't really read it. I listened to it on an audio book, but I'm just going to say I read it because that kind of is normal lingo these days. I listened to this book called Relational Intelligence by a man by the name of Dr. Darius Daniels. If you've never uh, heard of him or you've never heard of this book and you care anything about having a healthy life in relationships, go get this book. It was so incredibly helpful. And in it, he talks about how uh, we overuse the word friend. 
We call everyone and every relationship in which we are friendly, friends. I have a friend who, there's this one time my friends and I were, yeah, 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 I know them. They're my friend, right? Like we use friend for just about it. It's like love. Like we love everything these days. Like we love the cats and we love our children and they're all the same. And I would beg to argue that cats and children are not the same. One is demonic and the other one only acts demonic sometimes, like bedtime. That's, there's the difference there. But we use word love for everything. And we do the same thing with the word friend. And what we need to understand is that there are actually four kind of zones or types of relationships that we have in our life. And if we don't get the right people in the right zone or in the right area, they will derail your destiny. In fact, these, these four kind of zones, if you will, are, are this. Number one, we have, we have full access friends. Full access friends. This is zone number one. Full access friends. This is where they get full access to your heart, to your life, to who you are, to, to your, your own life. They get full access to you. They're, they're, there's this idea that, that says, man, these people are equally contributing to me and I am contributing to them. There is a commonality in purpose and alignment. For, for me, one of these people in my life is my wife. She gets full access to my time, my energy, my thoughts. She gets, she gets the whole heart of me. She gets full access. Friends, there is a difference between giving your life to someone and spending your life with someone. People who are in the full access category or zone of relationships, they're the ones that you spend your life with. Everyone gets a part of your life. You give your life to other people, it's true, but there are only a few that you spend your life in full access relationship zone, this is where uh, you know the person is an asset to your life and destiny. They are not a liability to your life and destiny. They are more than company. They are helping you carry out your calling. They, they get full access. This is a, should be a fairly small number of people in your life. The second zone uh, of relationships that we have, friends zones, if you will, is this associate zone. Associates, this is likely a relationship that is sparked because of proximity. Maybe you work together. Maybe your kids are on the same uh, sports team. Maybe you uh, go to church with them. They're in your small group. They, they serve on your serve team. They, they, they've lived next door to you for years. These are people who you have association with. This is typically based on a proximity of where you're at in your life. But, but the relationship, you might spend a lot of time with them, but you don't give them full access. Maybe there's uh, some things where, where you're not quite sure you can trust them with the full weight of who you are. Uh, you, you might uh, encourage them more than they encourage you. Uh, maybe there's some trust issues, some things. Uh, I really do believe that relationships can only be trusted as far as they've been tested. And sometimes without testing a relationship, we go full all in and we find ourselves hurting because we didn't properly guard our hearts. At the associate, in the associate zone, it's, it's not the same level of reciprocal relationship as you would your full access friends. They may share details with you and you might share some details of some part of your life, but it's not the full part of your life. This is not a bad type of friend to have in a friend zone. This is not a wrong zone. It's just a type of a zone. The third kind of relationship zone 
uh, that he, he unveils in this book is one that he calls assignments. Assignments. This is someone that you feel assigned to, that you're going to reach to, that you're going to be there to help pour out into and bring the best out of them. You expect very little by way of return from that relationship, but you are fully committed to help invest into them as a person. They're, they're, they're an assignment. Somebody that God has brought into your life for you to help bring faith to life in them, for you to help them feel encouraged. You are super, there is a spirit of friendship in this kind of a relationship, but it's not the full access kind of relationship. And it's really important that we understand that in this moment, there is purpose that is driving the mentorship, the coaching, the, the encouragement in this area. You need these kinds of people in your life. People that God brings along and says, hey, I've deposited some life experiences in you. You need to help deposit them, help shape them, help them see those kinds of things. And, and it's vital that in an assignment relationship that you both understand that this is that kind of relationship. That, that they want the help and you want to give the help. In the, the last uh, zone of relationship, if you will, is the advisor. Advisor. This is really like a spiritual father or spiritual mother to you. This is somebody who is coming along um, and, and, and you know that you are their assignment. In one area, you may have people that you're helping shape and mentor and disciple, but in this advisor relationship, you know that you are their assignment, that you are learning from them. You are garnishing wisdom from them. They, they, they might be there to help you grow in relationship to your profession. Maybe they're there to help you grow in managing money. Maybe they're there to help you grow in how you parent your children. Maybe they're there to help you grow in your spiritual formation. But they're an advisor. You get to receive the benefit of their experience. They get to come alongside and stretch you and help you see from a better perspective. There are different zones of relationships that we have in our lives. It is good to know that you have different zones. It is not wrong to have different zones of relationship. It is wise to have and know these different zones. Why? Be because in each of these relationships, if we can get the right people in the right zone and not get it confused, it will propel you towards your purpose in life. But if you have someone misassigned, your expectations get off. You miss certain things and friction can grow and occur in those relationships. Listen, no matter the zone that you are in in someone else's life or the people that you have in those zones in your life, you're always friendly. But it doesn't mean everybody is a full access close friend. In all of these relationship zones, you are, you are always authentic, but it doesn't mean we are always transparent with each one in the same way. There, there are different types. Jesus modeled this so well in his relationship with his disciples and, and the people that would come near to him and the crowds that would gather around. He was, he was the same person in all those scenarios, but some got a more in-depth look into his life than others got. There, there was a difference in those things too. Listen, you need each zone of friendship in your life. You need each zone. You really do. And the goal, hear me, the goal is not to move somebody from one zone to the other zone until they make it to the full access zone. That's not the goal. It's not some progress. It's about having the proper boundaries and understanding 
the alignment that each relationship brings to help you accomplish your destiny, to help you accomplish who God has called you to be, to help accomplish what God has given for you to do in your life. Each kind of relationship is important to help you accomplish it. But you have to understand that there are different zones in your, in your friendship, in your friends. There are different friend zones. And it's okay. It's good. Now, you might be sitting there, Pastor, you didn't say anything about family. Where does family fit into those zones? They're the full access zone, right? Not necessarily. See, I, I believe that just because, someone, just because someone has the same last name as you doesn't automatically mean they get full access to all of your life, all of your schedule, all of your energy, all of your time. See, I think it's better to align your relationships and align the people in the right zones based on the fruit of someone's life rather than the family name that they bear. Because sometimes the family name assumption creates the most toxicity within those relationships. Proximity doesn't mean they are entitled to full access of your heart. Some of you just got set free. Some of you just started to feel like, oh no. Listen, here's, here's the deal. To borrow a phrase from Andy Stanley, a pastor out in Atlanta, here's, here's the big idea today. I want to help you become the kind of friend that the kind of friend you're looking for is looking for. No matter what friend zone you are in in someone's relationship, I want to help you today become the kind of friend that the kind of friend you're looking for is looking for. Uh, young people, I want you to become the kind of fellow student that your fellow students who want a best friend is looking for. I want to help you become that kind of person. For those of you that are single, I want to help you become the kind of single available person that the kind of single available person that you're looking for is actually looking for. If you're a boss, I want to help you become the boss that the kind of employees that you're looking for is looking for in a boss. Whatever friend zone you find yourself in or are looking for and you start taking inventory of the people in your life currently, I want to help you become the kind of friend that the kind of friend you're really looking for is actually looking for. I'm going to share three things with you today found in God's word that will help us cultivate this kind of heart so that we are becoming the kind of friend that the kind of friend we're looking for is actually looking for. If you're taking notes, I want you to write this down. Uh, and if you're not taking notes, uh, why don't you write this down? Number one, live in the friend zones without offense. Live in the friend zones. Whatever zone you're in, full access, associate, advisor, assignment, whatever zone you find yourself in whatever relationship, live in that zone without offense. Offended people are people who love with a tainted heart. Offense is simply love that has become polluted. Offense is like drinking poison but hoping the other person dies. Offense is deadly and it will create a bitter heart. Look at Romans chapter 12. In fact, I really encourage you this week, read Romans 12, 13, and 14. It is a master class on how to relate to people in a godly way, on how to do relationships God's way. 
But let's look at one section. Romans 12, starting in verse 9. Look at, look at what the Apostle Paul writes. Love must be sincere. That speaks to your motives. We're going to talk about that in a minute. Hate what is evil. Cling to what is good. Be devoted to one another in love. Honor one another above yourselves. Never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord. We're going to talk about that in a minute. Be joyful in your hope. Be patient in your affliction. Faithful in prayer. Share with the Lord's people who are in need. Practice hospitality. Bless those who persecute you. The person gossiping about you, bless them. Don't be offended at them. Bless them. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Mourn with those who mourn. Those who mourn, mourn with them. Don't look to see if it's justifiable. If you agree that they have a right to mourn, if you think that they're mourning incorrectly or they should have gotten over it or that, that, that thing doesn't exist in the world anymore. No, mourn with those who mourn without asking for justification on why they, you think they ought to be mourning. Do not be proud. Don't be willing to associate with people of low position. Do not be conceited. Don't repay evil. Don't repay anyone evil for evil. Be careful to do what is right in everyone's eyes. If it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace everywhere. Don't take revenge, my dear friends, but leave room for God's wrath. For it is written, it is mine to avenge. I will repay, says the Lord. On the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him something to drink. In doing this, you will heap burning coals on his head. Do not over be overcome by evil, but overcome the evil with some good. Don't become offended. Don't become offended. Reject it. Refuse to pick up the offense. He says that if you're trying to react instead of letting God defend, you squeeze out room for God to bring his justice because you're trying to serve your own justice or your own version of justice. Why? Because you become offended. You become offended. Listen, friends, offense isn't an event and action taken by others. It's true. There are people who do offensive things, but being offended is a choice that you make. Offense will happen in your life. But choosing to be offended is a choice you make. Unrealistic, uncommunicated, and oftentimes unmet expectations are what create friction and frustration in our relationship dogs. And the only proper response to unmet, un unrealistic, or uncommunicated expectations, you know what the only proper response is if you're going to keep the relationship going in a healthy way? Are you ready? It's one word. It's the F word, and you don't really like it, and it's the word forgive. Some of you were thinking of a different F word. You need to watch. Be careful what you're watching throughout the week on Netflix. I'm just saying, clean that brain out a minute. Unrealistic and uncommunicated and an unmet expectation will create friction and frustration. The only response is to forgive. 
Friends, people took offense at Jesus. There's, there are multiple accounts where people got offended. They took offense. They picked up an offense against Jesus. And you know what happens? The Bible says that they gated themselves off from being able to receive ministry from him. It didn't impact Jesus' ministry at all. It just impacted their ability to receive from Jesus. Offense will do that. It builds this wall around you. You think it's for your protection, but what you're really doing is isolating yourself from the relationship that God's trying to breathe life into you from, and you block yourself off from things that maybe God has for you. So friends, whatever zone you are in or whatever friends you have in whatever zone, live in the friend zone without offense. Walk in forgiveness instead. Let God handle the rest. Number two, live in the friend zones without manipulation. Live in a friend zone without manipulation. We're talking about how do you have a heart that is healthy and growing and alive, that no matter what zone of relationship you are operating in at that particular time with that particular person, how your heart can stay healthy and alive. Live in the friend zone without uh, offense and live in the friend zone without manipulation. Look at Galatians 6, verse 2 and verse 5. It says, carry each other's burdens, and in this way you will fulfill the law of Christ. For each one should carry their own load. Well, which one is it? Do I carry it for them, or do they carry it on their own? Which one is it? And I think sometimes not understanding the distinction that the apostle is writing here has caused many believers to use verses like this to create manipulation to get what they want as opposed to accurately loving in a way that brings motivation. There is a difference between motivation and manipulation, and they look an awful lot alike from the outside. Let me give you the difference that the apostle is writing in the original language. The phrasing that they're using, carry each other's burden, is this word picture of multiple people pushing up a huge boulder uphill. Trying to push and roll the boulder uphill. You can't do it by yourself. It's too big and too heavy. You need others to come alongside and help you roll that up the hill. But on the flip side, this idea of carry each own's uh, load is the idea of a backpack or suitcase that you packed that you're supposed to carry. I don't know if you grew up in a family like this, uh, but I sure did. If you packed it, you have to carry it. If you can't carry your own suitcase, you pack too much in your own suitcase. There is a difference between rolling a, a boulder up a hill and carrying a little backpack. Listen, not every problem that people have is yours to fix. There are some things that are too big that with their participation, you can see them and help them overcome the challenges and the struggles that they're facing. But there are some things that they've gotten themselves into and it's not yours to rescue them out of, just yours to walk with them through. It wasn't your choice to go driving drunk. You don't have to bail them out. It wasn't your choice to cheat. You don't have to bail them out. But on the same side, there are other people who are walking through deep, troubling, hard things. They're really trying to move in their life in the right direction. It's just crushing them. 
And you can come alongside them and say, hey, let me help you push this up. I've got some wisdom. I've got some experience. I've got some strength that you can borrow. You're not trying to um, uh, help them kind of deal with their own things. You're helping them find life. You're lifting the burdens that are crushing them. You're giving them an opportunity to find life and friendship and rescuing them in some ways, but you're not carrying something that they themselves were meant to carry, that they themselves have the ability to carry. They're just too lazy to do it on their own. And oftentimes when we don't understand these two differences, we can be manipulated or we can manipulate other people in the process. Oftentimes when we're trying to create a result in someone else, that's manipulation. But when you're wanting to see someone else become something else, that's motivation. There's a difference between motivation and manipulation. The difference between the two is seen in the fruit. The difference is seen in the person's motives. Manipulation tries to control people and things. Motivation tries to cultivate the right kind of things and people. Motivation or manipulation wants to trap you in endless motion. Motivation wants to move you forward and help you overcome. Manipulation tries to achieve something through someone. Motivation helps someone become something. There is a difference between manipulation and motivation. And when you begin to distinguish the two, you can live in every friend's zone, encouraging and motivating them rather than manipulating them. And there's a difference between the two. And only God can help you to discern what is going on in your own heart as it relates to the relationships that are around you. Did you become a friend with that person because you need them to do something for you? Are you becoming a friend with them because God has brought them into your life because they're going to help shape and mold and help you become something that God has wanted you to become in your, in your life? Let me, let me take a, an example from my own life. There's a, a, a phrase that, that I hear a lot and I, I agree with completely. It's the phrase, people matter. People matter. I would agree with that statement. People do matter and they matter to God. But if I'm not careful, my tendency to people please will manipulate my actions and my patterns in my life to where I'm living for the approval of people rather than because they matter to God. See, having the motivation that says people matter keeps me loving everyone, but staying away and guarding my heart from the manipulation that would come from that makes me think that I don't have to perform for you, that if I don't invite you to my birthday party, it's okay. There's a difference between the motivation and manipulation, and you have to check your heart in every relationship zone to make sure that you're living in that zone without manipulation. Live without offense. Live without manipulation in your dealings with other people. And then finally, live in friend zones with an undivided heart for Jesus. In whatever zone people are in, in whatever zone you are in in other people's lives, Live in the zone with an undivided heart. Look at Ezekiel chapter 11, verse 18 through 20. It says this, they will return to it and remove all its vile images and detestable idols. And I will give them an undivided heart and put a new spirit in them. I will remove from them their heart of stone and give them a heart of flesh. They will follow my decrees and be careful to keep my laws. They will be my people and I will be their God. 
God wants our hearts to be soft, to be alive. But oftentimes, it's our hearts that are bowing towards other idols in our lives, other things that are getting your affection and your attention more than the Lord God Almighty. And those become idols in our lives that detract from our ability to love other people and to love God with an undivided heart. We're here like, how do I go, go do this for the Lord or do I do this for them? Oh, I really, I really feel like I want to join a connect group, but, but there's always family dinner that day, and you have this heart tug. I really want to do this, but my kids need to do this. And, and what is the tug in what God is saying to do? I really want to provide for my family and work more, but I also feel really like I'm overworking, and I don't have any boundaries, and I'm working, 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 trying to make something happen on my own, and I have, an, uh, I have a divided heart. I want to love God, but I also want this person to, to win in the White House. I want, to, I want to do this, but I also want this to happen. And we try to merge the two, and it's both and. And God said, you shall have no other gods before me. Friends, is your heart divided? Or do you have an undivided heart for God? The goal isn't just to make it to heaven one day. The goal is to live this life right here, right now with an undivided heart for God so people could see and know and put their trust in the Lord. John 15, verse 15, Jesus says it like this. I, I no longer want to call you servants because a servant doesn't know his master's business. Instead, I've called you friends. For everything that I have learned from my father, I'm making known to you. Does that sound like a full access kind of a friendship? Does it sound like a zone that Jesus is inviting you into to have full access to God? It does to me. Earlier in John 15, he gives you the prerequisite of how that looks. Abide in me and I'll abide in you. He goes on to say, then you can ask whatever you need. My father will hear you. Why? Because you have full access to heaven. You have a full access to the king of kings, the Lord of lords. You have full access to the God and the creator of the universe. And it all starts by choosing to turn away from your idols and abide in him instead. Instead of abiding in your own strength, in your own works, in your own efforts, you abide in him. John, or Acts 2.21 says, and everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. That word everyone means everyone. Doesn't matter your past, doesn't matter your story, doesn't matter your upbringing, it doesn't matter the situations that brought you to, to watch this broadcast or to be in the room today, any one of us who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved, can begin an abiding relationship with God where he invites you in, he takes away your heart of stone, wants to give you a heart of flesh and says, I'll give you full access. Jesus gives you full access to God, the Father and his entire kingdom. And he says, come on in and be partakers with me. Come on in, come on into the close Full access friend zone with me. I've already paid the price for your admission. It was my blood at the cross. Proverbs 18.24 says this. One who has unreliable friends soon comes to ruin. In other words, the friends that you have, the people that are in your different friend zone, they matter a great deal to how your life is going right now. They are influencing you in some way, shape, or form. Young people, if you're under the age of 25, I want you to listen to me. Pick godly friends. That 
issues of your life will be greatly impacted for good or bad based on the company that you decide to keep. Based on the access that you give to other people. One who has unreliable friends soon comes to ruin. Here's the good news. But there is a friend. There is someone who wants to call you friend, who wants to stick closer than any brother ever would. He wants to give you a new family name, bring you into his kingdom, into his family, and his name is Jesus. And he's waiting, longing to have a friendship, a close, full access friendship with you personally. The first step is to repent, turn from your own idols, and ask for him to give you an undivided heart for him to forgive you sins and allow him to restore a joy found in your salvation because of what he's done for you. Would you bow your heads, close your eyes? Come to a moment where we want to just linger and reflect here in our service. Music's going to keep playing. and We do this each week before we come to the Lord's table. We just stop. We turn our hearts to Jesus. We close our eyes and we just posture ourselves in a position to listen and reflect. And where necessary, repent. Some of you, you know your heart is not surrendered to Jesus. Your allegiance in life is to somewhere and someone else. And today you want to surrender your life to him and you want to invite him to be your savior of your life. The first step is just to pray a prayer of repentance and submitting your heart and surrendering it to him. It may sound something like this, Jesus, I confess that you are Lord. You are my savior and I surrender to you and I pledge my allegiance to follow you. May your spirit make me alive. I confess my sins and my deep need for you. Make me one of your sons and daughters in your family today. In Jesus' name, amen. As we continue to, to pause in this moment of reflection, I want everyone watching and in the room, would you just simply ask, ask the question, Holy Spirit, what are you saying to me today? Maybe there's some offense that you need to forgive and let go of. Maybe there's been some manipulation that you've been doing or been the subject to, and you need to acknowledge that. Maybe there's been something in your heart that has been more important than Jesus, and you need to repent and get that put in proper place today. Jesus, one thing is clear, is that no matter where we've been in our lives, no matter what's going on, you've never left us and you're never willing to forsake us. We're never out of your reach. And Lord, what you did at the cross, what you established in this holy moment that we call communion, the Eucharist. Lord, when we come and we eat the bread and we drink the juice, what we're really doing is we are proclaiming the good work and the invitation of you to come and abide in relationship with you. Lord, you invite each of us to the table every week to come, to partake, to remember what you've done. And it's our remembering of what you've done that allows us to place our full confidence and faith in you. Lord, it's our desire to be more like you 
being made into your image and your likeness. And in so doing, Lord, we become the friends that the friends that we're looking for is really looking for. A friend that reflects the love and the person of Jesus. Help us to be more like you, Lord. We commit our ways to you. Friends, would you go ahead and take the bread? It represents his body, which was broken for you. He said, do it and remember me. Let's remember that today. Lord, we thank you that you are giving us today an undivided heart. And it starts with the forgiveness that you give to us through your shed blood on the cross. Let's remember this blood that was poured out on the Jews. Lord, here we are, your people, the sheep of your pasture. Lord, this week as we go about our lives and we interact in the different friendships that we have, Lord, help us to understand the different zones in our lives. Lord, help us to make sure people are in the right zone. More than anything, Lord, allow our hearts to be molded and shaped after you so that we can bear your image in every relationship in a way that honors you and brings glory to your name. Now, Lord, I bless your people today. Lord, may you, may you bless them and keep them. May you make your, your face shine on them and give them peace. Would you be gracious unto them and lift their countenance towards you? Father, we pray these things in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit who's with us always. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, friends and family, I hope today's message was life-giving for you. I want to ask you to take a next step and go ahead and click the subscribe button so you never miss another chance to have an encounter with God. And while you're at it, take another step and share it with a friend. Maybe post it on your social network or text a coworker the link. And when you do that, you are partnering and get to be a part of seeing faith come to life in them. Hey, if Faith Church has made an impact in your life, if these messages are helping you gain traction in your faith, would you consider partnering with us financially? When you do that, it helps us widen our reach so that more people can have an encounter with the real Jesus. You can find information and ways to give on our central hub, faithchurchks.org. If you're if you live in the Southeast Kansas region, we'd love to see it in person at one of our Sunday services. You can find those times on our hub as well, faithchurchks.org. Hey, remember this, God is for you and we love you. Hey, friends and family, I hope today's message was life-giving for you. I want to ask you to take a next step and go ahead and click the subscribe button so you never miss another chance to have an encounter with God. And while you're at it, take another step and share it with a friend. Maybe post it on your social network or text a coworker the link. And when you do that, you are partnering and get to be a part of seeing faith come to life in them. Hey, if Faith Church has made an impact in your life, if these messages are helping you gain traction in your faith, would you consider partnering with us financially? When you do that, it helps us widen our reach so that more people can have an encounter with the real Jesus. 
You can find information and ways to give on our central hub, faithchurchks.org. If if you live in the Southeast Kansas region, we'd love to see it in person at one of our Sunday services. You can find those times on our hub as well, faithchurchks.org. Hey, remember this, God is for you and we love you.